And now, Truckers Radio USA presents... Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Where are their pants? The Derriers! Oh, yeah! The Derriers! Two amazing brothers boldly exploring the universe of music in the Americana Roadshow. The Derriers are Kansas City's dubious backup specialists. Elvis had the Jordanaires. These are the Derriers. Rhythm guitar, bass, and harmony vocals. Please welcome Leo and Roger Eilts, the Derriers. Welcome to the Americana Roadshow right here on Truckers Radio USA. I'm Roger Isles. I'm Leo Isles. And we are the Derriers. Traveling up and down the highways of America, looking in the ditches, trying to find all that great Americana music. That's right. And we do find a lot of it, Leo, don't we? Some of a little cobwebby. Yeah, that's true. But Dust it off. They're usually the best ones. That's the best ones. Yeah, they got a little juice on them. Yeah, jeez. So people, people ask us sometimes, they say... Derriere's, exactly what is Americana music? And uh, there are a lot of definitions out there. There are. But but for our purposes, uh, we say that it's a music with distinctive American roots. That's true, and that encompasses a lot of different styles. Well, having said that, it could be uh, old-timey. It could be rock and roll. It could be western. It could be swing. It could be big band. It could be jazz. It could be boogaloo. It could be show tunes. <laughs> it could be all that you and said, more. You said boogaloo. I just like to say boogaloo. I know you like to say yeah. boogaloo. Okay. Boogaloo. That's all that. It again. That and more. Yeah. So, um, and uh, the format of the show is that uh, we each show up each week with a virtual handful of tunes that we have not yet disclosed to That's the other correct. guy. That's correct. And then we take turns starting the show. Right. And uh, I believe I started last week. You did. So I believe your turn to start is right now. That's right. Uh, we're going to kick it off with some fun um, uh, by a guy by the name of Andrew Heisler. Uh, you know who he is? A- oh, sure. Andrew Heisler. You yeah. bet. No. He was born in Bloomington, Illinois, uh, but changed his name to Pokey Lafarge. Oh, Pokey Lafarge. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. Yeah, he why thought, wouldn't you? That's a great name. Well, he thought it sounded more like he was trying to do musically, that name. Uh, his mom called him Pokey because he was always behind, you know, I guess. I guess. But um, he uh, took an interest in history and literature during his childhood, and his grandfathers really nurtured that. And uh, one of them was a member of the St. Louis Banjo Club, and he gave him his first guitar and a, and a tenor banjo. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So as a kid, um, he first heard blues music at Jake's Pizza. Not Shakey's, of course. Uh, it was run by a na- man named Juice, and uh, he had portraits of all kinds of old blues musicians and played blues music there, so that's kind of cool. So, so let me get this right. Pokey went down to play at, at Juice's joint. Well... <laughs> He went for pizza. <laughs> it's for pizza. Okay. <laughs> but that's where he was exposed to blues music. I, I got you. I'm just trying to keep up here. <laughs> exactly. Okay. But after hearing Bill Monroe play, he was age 16 when he heard that. He traded the guitar for a mandolin. All right. Yeah, but he does play guitar now, too. But anyway, he does a lot of just really fun stuff and uh, got a really interesting kind of distinctive style. So let's kick it off with Pokey Lafarge, The Devil Ain't Lazy. One, two, three, four. Devil ain't lazy, no sirree. Devil ain't lazy, no sirree. He roams around with sticks and stones, passing out his moans and groans. Devil ain't no lazy bones, he works 24 hours a day. Devil ain't lazy, no sirree. No, the devil ain't lazy, no sirree. He 
likes to see us fighting fuss. Makes us mean and up to cuss. And then he blames it all on us. What 24 hours a day? He travels like a lightning streak and he strikes from town to town. Did he get you when you're weak and tear your playhouse down? Devil ain't lazy, no sir. No, the devil ain't lazy, no sir. Tells us he won't hurt a fly. Then he makes us steal a knife. Keeps us sinning until we die. We're 24 hours a day. In distress, I'll tell you why. Devil is an awful mess, work 24 hours a day. He likes to see things scorching burns, I don't make no excuse. If he catches you, he turn you in your way, but look, nah, the devil ain't lazy. No, sir. Hey, the devil ain't lazy. No, sir. So if you think you're strong and brave, smart enough to not behave, you got one foot in the grave, you work 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. Yes, he does. He works 24 hours a day. He works 24 hours a day. Well, that's a way to start the show. Heck yeah, man. Let's just get going. That was fun, man. All right. Good. Good call. Well, Leo, what do you got? I got a guy named Harold Ray Ragsdale. Of course you do. Of course I do. The guy was born in uh, January 24, 1939. And... uh, you know, great, again, I talk about, you got a great name already, why change it? Exactly. Right. Well, yep. he, well he did. Darn it. <laughs> he changed it to Ray Stevens. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that that's a Ray complete Stevens. turnaround. Oh, man. Listen, this guy was born, like I say, he was born in Georgia. And uh, when he was attending high school, he formed his own first band, you know, a rhythm and blues group that he called the Barons. There's a name for you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, after graduation, he immediately enrolled in uh, Georgia State University as a music major. So he knew what he wanted, and he was going after it, you yep. know. Uh, but he has, uh, over his career, he's been had many, many Grammy-winning recordings. Uh, two of the most notable uh, is are Everything is Beautiful. Oh, yep. Uh, which was kind of a gospel song, and it, and it charted on the gospel charts as well. And then a song called Misty. And then he got started in his comedy stuff. Oh, yeah. And he went on to record things like Guitar Zan and The Streak. Yeah. You sure. know, hysterically funny stuff. And not only that, but he was kind of a great actor, you know. He, so he was getting to make those videos. He was, he was perfect for that. Right. So, uh, but in the 90s, uh, country music as a whole was really changing direction and largely abandoning, you know, the older forms of country music. And uh, they were starting to get established more with uh, theater and stuff like that. So he goes right down to, down the road from where we're from, from Kansas City. He goes down to Branson and opens his own theater. Right. And uh, he tore it up. 
and he started making videos of a lot of his shows and selling videos, and that was going real well. And then uh, in the middle of it, it's a huge success and everything, and he, he closed it up. He just stopped. And, he, and it, you know, you think about it. I mean, he said it, it was it's 93, I think, is when he did it. He co- complete exhaustion. Wow, you, you yeah. Know? And uh, monotony, he said, after doing two shows a day, six days a week, for five to six months at a time, he just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, well, but, you don't look at that side of it. You don't. Sure. And so, I was, you know, he's got this vast amount of material, and I was wondering, what am I going to do here? And then I remembered a little incident that happened with you and me and our friend uh, Junie. Okay. And it involved a fez. Yeah. You remember this? Uh-huh. The infamous Fez incident <laughs> at the Hotel Albuquerque. Right. Uh, during one of our conventions down there. It involved a, uh, a particular one of his novelty songs. And uh, it had to do... Well, you're going to remember when I play it. It's from 1980. And it's called Shriner's Convention. And then sirens are wailing, what a roar Bands are playing, flags are waving Vanguards and motorcycle corps Clowns are reclining to the crowd And pinching every pretty girl who dares to smile It's a glorious mess, everybody wears a fizz The parade stretches out for a mile It's a typical American phenomenon Where all the members have a final time It's the 43rd annual convention of the Grand Mystic Royal Honor of the Nobles of the Alibaba Temple of the Shrine Operator, give me room 321, please. Thank you. Hello, Noble Lumpkin. This here is the Luster's Potentate. I, I said it's the Luster's Potentate. The Luster's coin, dead, blame it, this bubble. Boy, why wasn't you at the parade? What? Well, how'd you get that big Harley up there in your room? What? I can't hear you, Coy. Quit revving it up, son. Turn it off. Listen, I just want you to know one thing. You have embarrassed us all, the whole Hey Hira delegation. Now, I'll see you at the banquet tonight, son, and you be there, Coy. You hear me? Black tie, 7 o'clock. Be there, and Coy, don't answer the phone. Uddin, uddin. Well, it was all arranged by the ladies' auxiliary in the downtown convention hall. Cold roast beef, string beans, mashed potatoes, and nine boring speeches and all. And all the tables look fine with the molten David wine and chrysanthemums on each side. And the hay high leaders in the rented tuxedos made the local heart swell with pride. It's a typical American phenomenon where all the members have a final time. It's the 43rd annual convention of the Grand Mystic Royal Order of the Nobles of the Alibaba Temple of the Shrine. Operator 321, please. Thank you. Hello, Coy. What are you doing? What do you mean, who is this? This is Bubba. Why wasn't you at the banquet? What do you mean all you had to wear was a Hawaiian flarity shirt? Well, you may think you're fooling some people, but I know what's going on. Yeah, and everybody's seen the little redhead. That's right, everybody. Why, she come running right through the dinner right in the middle of the pineapple sherbet. Didn't have nothing on but your fez, Coy. Coy, you the only one that's got a fez with a propeller on top. 
Yeah, yeah, and she's yelling out the secret code, dude, going, Dead, blame it, we're going to have to change it now. Going, we're going to have to have a spatial meeting. We get back to, hey, Hiram, about your conduct at this here convention. Embarrassing. Now, Coy, you be at the secret conclave tonight, you hear me? And, Coy, keep it a secret. Well, it was a secret meeting in the dead of the night with mysterious sanctimony In accordance with prescribed rituals of time-honored ceremony Matters of grave concern were weighed with dedicated caution Like whether or not to raise it, stood or draw or spit in the ocean It's a typical American phenomenon where all the members have a final time It's the 43rd Annual convention of the Grand Mystic Royal Order of the Nobles of the Alibaba Temple of the Shrine. Operator, room 320. How'd you know? Oh. Hello, Coy. Where have you been? Knew you wasn't at the meeting. Well, I found out that at 3 o'clock this morning you was out there in your fruit of the looms in the motel swimming pool with a bunch of them waitresses from the cocktail lounge. I just hope your mama don't find out about this, Coy. What? Well, how'd you get that big motorcycle up there on the high dive, Coy? Now, Coy, Dad, blame it, that ain't no way to act. We're supposed to be pillars of the community. When we get back to Hay Hyrule, you can just turn in your ring and your tie tag, cause Coy, <laughs> you are out of the shrine. You're gonna be blackballed, boy. That's right. You might even have to pack your bags and leave town. What do you mean you might join the Hales Angels? Coy, don't you hang up on me. Hello, hello. Don't you crank that motorcycle. Who's that giggling in the background, Coy? Hello, hello. Operator, yeah, we cut off. Room 321. Coy, you don't hang up on the lustrous potentate. I said the lustrous potentate. This is Bubba. 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 <laughs> it's Bubba. That guy's hysterical. Oh, man. Yes, he and his is, videos man. are just nuts. I mean, they're a lot of fun to watch. He was kind of ahead of the curve on that. He I pretty think. much yeah. was. Yeah, he really cornered that video market early on, man. Yeah. He really went for it. All right. Well, now see, we're rolling now. Yep. I guess it's back to you. It is. And boy, did I get down a rabbit hole. Oh, boy. Um, I stumbled onto a... Okay, so last week, um, one of the songs I picked was Wolverton Mountain, right? Yeah, you did. Okay. So I was doing a search to see different versions of the song and everything, and I stumbled across a version by a guy named Harold Lee Chalker. Harold Lee Chalker... We got some names in our pocket, we don't do. we? We, got, we make yeah. a list. Harold Lee Chalker. He, okay. But he went by Curly. Curly Chalker. Curly Chalker. Okay. okay. He was just a monster steel player. Okay. okay. He was born yeah. in, in uh, 1931. And um, so in the 50s, he toured with Lefty Frizzell. Mm-hmm. So he replaced C.B. White on the steel. Then he joined Hank Thompson's uh, Brazos Valley Boys. Um, he did a two-year stint in the U.S. Armed Forces, and then he joined the Springfield, Missouri-based Ozark Jubilee. Wow. Yeah, the ABC radio and TV series for several years backing Red Foley and Porter Wagner. Just down the road. Just down the road, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So from this t- uh, during that time, he switched from lap steel to the pedal steel. So in 1959, he moved to Las Vegas, where he played behind Fiddler Raidway, and, and later joined 
uh, the Golden Nugget Band, which was headed up by uh, Hank Penny. Okay. And then Roy Clark uh, also played with Penny, and the two guys became fast friends at that point, right? Yeah, a couple of monsters, huh? Yeah. Roy Clark, oh my gosh. So um, he uh, also, during this time, uh, right after that, he relocated to Nashville and became a really successful studio musician, right? Mm-hmm. So um, he played with people like Willie Nelson, the Gap Band, Ray Price, Leon Russell, Bill Haley and the Comets, you know, some incredible stuff. But he was also a member of the house band uh, for Hee Haw for 18 years. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. along uh. with, uh, with Roy Clark. So he, was a, he had a great reputation of, uh, you know, being very innovative and, uh, you know, his performances were really good. But he had a quick temper and a real strong personality. Mm. And sometimes after onstage mistakes, he had a tendency to slam down his bar and yell <laughs> profanities. <laughs> Hank Thompson didn't much care for that. Oh, I bet not. So, uh, it's, it's not really great for primetime television either, just, just saying. <laughs> just saying. So he has this album. I think this was his first solo album. It's called Big Hits on Big Steel. Every song is just great, and and I, I, I some of them are gorgeous, and I really wanted to go with that, but I I, I went back to Wolverton Mountain. Oh, really? And I tell you why. Um, he does a thing the way he has his steel set up and the effects. I'm telling you, it sounds like a Hammond, a Hammond B3. Really? And to the point, I was not sure, and I asked our steel player, Bill Dye. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, that's definitely steel. He said, it's amazing the sound he gets from this thing. So give this a listen. Matter of fact, if I wouldn't have told you the name, it'd take you a while to figure it out because it's it's really a cool rendition of the song. But uh, Curly Chalker, Wolverton Mountain.
you, you get the award. Isn't that for, amazing? You get the award for weird song of the set right there. <laughs> you know, when we were listening to it, of course, we're wearing headphones. Yeah. Now, and they were using a recording technique, just as an aside, called split mono. Right. Which means they're all in the same room at the same time, right? But he's clear off in one channel and everybody else is in the other channel. And that right. was a technique that Beatles used to use, too, early on. Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah, I noticed that when I was listening in my truck. Interesting too, so, on yeah. many levels. Well, that was yeah. fun. Well, good, Leo. Uh, you know, I think we've about used our time up yeah, for this set. Yeah, we've got to take a little break here. We do. We need to go out and police the area and get ready. Tomorrow's moving day. We got tomorrow's moving day. We've got yeah. to police the area, make sure, you know, make nice with the neighbors. Yeah. So let's clean off that windshield and you know what else? Grab the tire gauge. Grab the tire that gauge. That left rear inside, inside dual is a problem. Still so. a problem. We're putting it off as long as we can. Yeah, keep pushing it off. That's, That's what we do. Okay. Well, uh, we'll be back pretty quick right here on Truckers Radio USA. Well, we're, we're back. We are back. And uh, we're cleaned up pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The windshield looks good. It does, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I got the tire aired up. Got it aired up again. It'll get us to the next stop. Yeah, we keep saying yeah. that. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, it will until it doesn't. It, it will until it doesn't. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. So we're brad- broadcasting this week from the Shady Grove RV Park right here in beautiful Denmark, Wisconsin. Denmark, you know, it's, it's funny because we go to these towns, you know, and it's just by chance we show up. Well, sure. It's a, I, it's I never a dart throw. I it, mean, it is. Yeah. And, and, I, you know, I, I've never heard of the town, but it's, it's really cool. I mean, it's in Brown County. Um, you know, Wisconsin, and I we, I went down, did some looking around. It's a beautiful little town, uh, but it's a small town. It's only got about twenty one hundred people in it. You know, okay. Well, that's uh, a big town compared to where we grew exactly, up. Exactly, three hundred <laughs> and some or less. You know, depending. Uh, but yeah, it was settled by Danish immigrants apparently in the uh, in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, hence the name. The hence the name. Uh-huh. Yeah, they brought the name with them too. Now here, I found I was down at the library uh, talking to a librarian down there, and she told me that. Um, there's a little story about this guy. Um, uh, his name was John Bartlam or something like that. And uh, he purchased 40 acres of land in the area of what is now Denmark, right? So he was kind of the king. Okay. King Didi. But in, in, um, it was, it was in 1848, the second guy that comes along during that time, um, he uh, bought 167 acres in the area. And he and his wife were referred to as the king and queen of Denmark. <laughs> Just buy your way in. Just buy your way in, man. Yeah. So there's a there's they they had this little incident. Uh, apparently in in the 1850s, uh, at one point, uh, the residents of Brown County, Wisconsin, voted on whether Green Bay or De Pere would be the county seat, right? And uh, that was also the year that the residents of this little town in Denmark they wanted to build a church, but they didn't have any money. Okay. Okay. So they were primed for this. A man from De Pere came to the town and offered to pay two dollars. For every vote the people of Denmark would cast in favor of De Pere. <laughs> so they did it. I mean, like 15 guys showed up and they voted, you know, and uh, cast their votes for De Pere. And the town was given $30. <laughs> but instead of building a church, as was originally intended, the town built a school. So, you know. Oh, well. They, they were more pragmatic, I guess. We would have bought beer. We would have bought beer. Yeah, I so. was hoping that's the way the story yeah, would I end. Yeah, I know, yeah. But no. Yeah, well, that's it. The truth is good. So the truth is good. You know, people ask us, they say, Derriers, why is it that you travel across this great country of ours in this uh, old RV and you broadcast your show from all these Shady Grove RV parks? Well, because our friends on this station, they, they have these things called 
ranches. That's yeah. right. And they stay home in their nice, comfortable places, yeah. and they, they do their shows. So, for instance, Rex Allen Jr. has the Rockin' Diamond R Ranch right. in the Dos Cabezas Mountains. Dos Cabezas. Uh, Allen Bailey, the Swingin' Gate Ranch. Absolutely. Yeah. Tennessee Jim, the Diamond W Ranch on the edge of the Kansas Flint Hills. Never been invited. Yeah, not, not yet. Yeah. Uh, Orrin Friesen, the Rockin' Banjo Ranch. Right. And, uh, you know, we've been saying that uh, we don't have a ranch. But we do, we now. do now. We do. We do. We do. And, uh, as a matter of fact, um, our RV... RV now has, has a name, too. She's been christened. Uh-huh. And the name is... Rambling Rose. Rambling Rose. Why you... Yes, so we do have a um, a name. It's uh, Ramblin' Rose. Ramblin' Rose. Rosie. Rosie, the RV ranch. That's right. And you know what's great about Rosie? What's that? She's a ranch without, without fences. fences. We go wherever Ooh, we want. That's right. That's beautiful. Yeah, so it's a, it's a great thing. We're pretty happy about We're that. We're pretty happy about it. Yeah, we ought to paint it on the side or something, you know? Yeah. I got a Sharpie. I got a Sharpie. <laughs> Well, Leo, I think you're up. I think I am, I'm too. dying to hear what you have come up with. You know, I, we mentioned sometimes these guys change their names, you know, and, uh-huh. uh, when they get to be famous. This guy didn't. He I didn't. Mean, I, I was fooling with you last time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Thomas Earl Petty. Tom Petty. Tom Petty. That's a good name. It is a good name. And uh, it's kind of funny because he was born like less than three weeks before I was in 1950. Wow. Yeah. He, we're like the same age. Go figure. Wow. Uh, anyway, he um, he uh, he had, had so much to say about him, and that's kind of why I put this off for a while because I like so much of his music, and I didn't know really which way to go with it. So what I did was I sent an email to our our buddy Jill. Oh sure, I figured she owed us after you know we worked on her garage door for that's right, her, you know yeah. And I, yeah. I said, help me pick a song, you know. I said, you know, send me some suggestions. So she sent me two, and, and the one I picked was. Uh, a song called Accused of Love. Mm. It, it's a great tune, man. And, and the way uh, Jill says it, and he was trying to write an Everly Brothers song. Huh. And it, when you listen, you'll, you'll, you'll hear that. You okay. know, you hear where he's going. But anyway, just a little background. He was born in Gainesville, Florida. And um, he, you know, he, is a, he, he had a good life, man. He, he knew what he wanted early on. But um, his interest in rock and roll music began at an age of 10 when he met Elvis Presley. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, come on. Wow. I was setting out in central Kansas, you know. Uh, It was the summer of 1961, and apparently his uncle was working on the set of an Elvis Presley film called uh, Follow That Dream in uh, Ocala, Florida, right? Okay. So he got to meet him, and he instantly became enamored of Elvis Presley. And when he returned that Saturday, he was uh, greeted by his friend, a guy named Keith Harbin, and he soon traded his whammo slingshot for a collection of Elvis 45s. <laughs> I mean, to give up that's your, a big step. your whammo slingshot, yeah. man, that's a big deal. Yeah. But, uh, he, and then later on, he saw the, the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, you know, and he just kept absorbing. He said, the minute I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, and it's true of thousands of guys, there was the way out. That, yeah, that was the way to do it. You get your friends and your self-contained unit. You know, you just start m- making music. You know? So that's the rock and roll dream right there. You got you it. Know? Yeah. But uh, he said, when I saw the Beatles, I knew that there's something I could do, and, and if they could do it, I can do it. And he did it. Now he also was kind of an interesting guy um, poli- politically. He, you know, he didn't. He got involved in some copyright things, but he just 
didn't pursue him. He did, he said life is too short to get involved in, in petty stuff like suing over copyrights and stuff like that. And uh, so he just he didn't. But he did believe in securing your rights from the record companies. So he had a he had a good head and shoulder. I really admire the guy. So now I've just been talking and talking and talking. Yeah. But let's just play this song. And remember, it's called Accused of Love. And he was attempting to write an Everly Brothers song, right? Yep. So from, uh, what was I can't remember the year this was put out. But anyway, uh, Tom Petty, uh, Accused of Love. You speak to me in natural harmony we both grew up with nothing And I can't believe my own memory But it one day could be coming And I don't even know the wrong I've done And I don't even care anymore All I know is I believe that you and me forever Will stand accused of love Thing oh, there, yeah. Man. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Thanks, yeah. Joe. We appreciate it. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Well, we're moving on now. Yes. Uh, as you are well aware, our pal, Kerry Grombacher, yeah. sent us a copy of his latest release, uh, Range of the Buffalo. Right. And, you know, uh, we've known Kerry through the uh, International Western Music Mo- uh, uh, Association. And, and he uh, is a member of the Kansas chapter still. He is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh-huh. He has ties to Kansas, and I'm not exactly sure what that is. I, I, I can't remember. I, I know he... Plays in Kansas quite a bit. Right. Uh, although he's from uh, New Orleans area. Right. Right. 
he's really an interesting dude, and I got to tell you, uh, I, I think he really knocked it out of the park with this album. Got great people playing with him, uh, great arrangements, and I tell you, the guy can turn a phrase. He really is a great lyricist. Cool. And um, a, a couple of things he's done that I thought was interesting. <clears throat> In 2001, he gave a concert beneath the neon signs on the parking lot of the Sands Motel on Historic Route, Route 66 in Grants, New Mexico. Okay, yeah. And the owner named a room for him. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> we don't have that. Nope. But this one is in t- uh, 2012, he did the Highway 281 Troubadour Tour. Okay. That followed the U.S. Highway, that U.S. Highway, from the Canadian border to Mexico with stops along the way for concerts. I'm familiar with that highway. Well... And so that means that at some point he drove through our hometown. He through our hometown. He of had Rush to. Center, Kansas. Rush Center, Kansas. Yeah, yeah. that sits right at the uh, crossroads of two eighty one and ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah, yeah, right there. And wow. so um, uh, there happens to be a song on the album called Highway Two Eighty One. Okay. And I tell you what, listening to it, it just you know I don't know exactly what part of the highway he's talking about, but it sure could be around Rush Center, Kansas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just really drawn by it. A beautiful tune, great backup on it. So let's hear Kerry Grombacher from Range of the Buffalo, Highway 281. Shining wide above the treetops, overlooking its domain. Grain elevator, the cathedral of the plains. When the sun comes up, the farmer prays for the crop that's in the field. All his dreams, his hopes and fears lie in the yield. There's a clothesline strung from an old caboose to a car that's up on blocks. The door to the feeding seat is closed with a sheriff's lock. There's a gallery and a coffee shop inside the western store. Nothing's quite the same as it was before. If you don't see the trucks, you can hear the air brakes sound. Main Street is wide enough to turn a wagon round. The sign of daylight donuts is flashing off and on. Traffic picks up early on Highway 281. And oh, they've been to ward off the evil eye. A brujo from South Texas gave it to me for the drive. There's a low black hearse and a line of cars on a farm road moving west. The ancient prayers and amulets can never hold back death. Fog from the bottom land shrouds the prairie grass. It's hard to recognize the towns as I pass but the roads along Black Ribbon thrown across the gypsum hills the songs of New Jerusalem echo out there still when Coronado crossed these plains the grass was six feet tall now the quest for El Dorado has overwhelmed us all what Coronado set in motion Cannot be undone It's strung out all along Highway 281 
Willa Cather spoke to me last night in a fleeting motel dream. She said, look closely all around, things are seldom what they seem. Cloche hat tilted on her head, gloves folded in her hand. She said, these stories that we tell all rest on shifting sand. Fast-blowing mares' tails streak the northern skies. Shadows paint these fallow fields where meadow larks abide. Horses haired out thick this fall, I've heard the ranchers say. Geese have flown south early, hard winter's on its way. The settlers who broke this soil were almost all pushed out. Their hard work was for nothing, in the face of dust and drought. I strain to hear their voices above the traffic's hum, rising from the ditch by Highway 281. There's a song here for my father. I've written it more than once. Each day I put new words down, I've been doing this for months. There's an empty feeling in my throat where my father's name once dwelled. And I see numbness in my chest, I fear may never melt. I lived in the shadows of the Leavenworth jails. I walked in the ruts of the Oregon Trail. Now I'm out here on the highway with the songs my father loved, Golden Rocket and El Paso, Wings of a Dove. I've seen this at a siding on the railroad right of way. A sign still stands to mark the spot though the town is blown away. I pull into the breakdown lane till my tears are done. Then I'll be driving out on Highway 281. The road's a ribbon of moonlight when the day is done. And I'll be driving out on Highway 281. Real nice. Way to go, Carrie, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate you sending that. Nice tune. Yeah. Hey, oh, look at the time. I think we're about out of time for this segment. We've been just talking and talking and talking. <laughs> yeah. And you still are. <laughs> I still am. Yeah. Well, let's let's stop talking. Okay, let's stop talking. Okay, we'll take that? a little break and we'll be right back here. This is the Americana Road Show on Truckers, Truckers Radio, Radio USA. USA. Look out. We're backing up. Of course, that's what we do. We we back up. We are the derrieres, yes, after all. The derrieres. Yes, yeah. yes, we are. So this is the part of the show where we like to uh, recommend that people go to our websites, all of them, uh, on all the internets, uh, and all the Facebooks. all the Facebooks. all of them. Um, as a matter of fact, the one for this show is thederrieres.com. The com. Yes, and, and then, then we have a band website too, which is what Leo. Well, it's called threetrailswest.com with the number three. Of course, it is. Yes, it is. And if you go to either of our websites. Uh, you will find a lot of content. content. And if you watch it, you will be contented. contented. And if we feed too much of it to you, you might be 
confused. So that might want, drive you to want to contact, contact us. Yes, for clarification. Yeah, and uh, there are contact us tabs on uh, both websites, uh, or you can just jump right to our emails and get directly to us. Mine is Roger, no D, at thederrieres.com. And mine is Leo, no D, of course. at thederrieres.com. Yeah. And uh, also, if you go to our website, you can download any of our past episodes and listen to them at le- your leisure. Exactly. As our good buddy Mike Carr says, go, go nowheres without, without the derriers. Well, Leo, I think that uh, it is back to you. This is a guy. Yeah, this, this is kind of an interesting story. I'll try to make it short. Okay. It's so hard to do. A uh, guy's name was Marion Ty Slaughter. Okay. All right. Which I think, like I said, is a pretty good name as far as I can see. Anyway, he was born April 6th, 1883. Mm. Okay. And he lived uh, into September of 1948. He was best known by his stage name, which was Vernon Dalhart. Okay. Okay. Now, a lot of it is kind of obscured away. He's not exactly a, you know, a name that comes up all the time, but he should be. Because one of the uh, songs he's best known for is a classic ballad called Wreck of the Old 97. Oh, sure. All right. Now, this guy was born in Jefferson, Texas, but he took his stage name from two towns, Vernon and Dalhart in Texas, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's like Conway Twitty, you know, kind of did the same thing. Uh, But those two towns, he lived between them, and uh, he punched cows as a teenager in the 1890s. I mean, he was was the real deal. And there's a lot of drama in his family, too, because his father, a guy named Robert Marion Slaughter, is Slaughter. You know, yeah. That's crazy. That's scary. Anyway, he was killed by his brother-in-law, Bob Castleberry, when Vernon was like 10 years old or kind of traumatized him and everything. But yeah, he, he I just, think. He just kept on moving. So anyway, he played harmonica, the jaw harp, the local community things and all that. And he, what he really wanted to do was be an opera singer. Oh, wow. He had a, a great voice. And in 1913, he got parts in Madame Butterfly and HMS Pinafore. Sure. So he gets it. This is really interesting. He saw an advertisement in the newspaper for singers and applied. And he was auditioned by none other than Thomas Alva Edison. Oh, boy. <laughs> you get a lot of this. And he went on to record for Edison Records. So from 1916 until 1923, he made over 400 recordings of light classical music. I'll be darned. This guy was all over the place. He eventually sang on more than 5,000 singles. Holy cow. We're talking 78. That's prolific. That right is there. a lot of work there. Yeah. So anyway, he had a, the, the, as interesting as all that, the song is kind of interesting too, because I was checking it out and it's historical fact that this was a mail train. It was, it had a commission from the U.S. government. It was a high, but they were docked by the minute for every minute they were late delivering the mail on this, on this line. Oh, wow. So the story is part fact and part fiction, uh, fiction but the truth is the train was going too fast down a grade. It went completely off the tracks and missed the trestle and just went down in this big ravine. And nine people died. Wow. And so now here's the weird thing. Envision this. You go out and you, here's this death and destruction in this gully. And there's this huge locomotive down there. And all of a sudden, all you hear is canaries. There's canaries all over the place. Well, there was a shipment of canaries oh. on, on the train. Oh, geez. And they got loose. And they're just in this little, uh, you know, the steam and the death and the birds are singing. <laughs> So, yeah, that's, uh, that's that a little awkward. Anyway, so uh, there's so much to talk about this guy. But um, one of the interesting things about this is that this guy, um, his, his record went on to be the first million seller in country music. Wow. And because of that, uh, he, he, it got the record companies interested in doing, hey, we can actually sell country music. 
So that's kind of what the deal was with him. So it's there's a much, much short of the story, but I'm already talking too much. As usual, we're just going to play this guy, Rick of the Old 97. And this is a guy named Frank Ferrero was playing guitar, and Merlin Dalhart was playing harmonica. That's history right there. Yeah, you said eventually they sold how many? Seven million copies? Seven million copies. That's awesome. Isn't that a, that's crazy. That's great. Yeah. All uh, right. Let's see. Oh, your turn. I got a guy named Cyrus Whitfield Bond. Okay. Sure. Isn't that a great name? Yeah, sure you do. Johnny Bond. Johnny Bond. Okay. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. So uh, he was born in Enville, Oklahoma, and uh, when he was 19 years old, 
uh, he started playing on the radio in Oklahoma City. A lot of those guys, that's how they got started. Right, yep. So uh, in 1937, he was born in 1915, he began performing with Jimmy Wakely uh, and Scotty Harrell in the Bell Boys Trio, right? right? Uh-huh. And it, they were named after the Bell Clothing Company, which sponsored the group. You know, a lot of that happened yeah. back then, right? Where's our sponsor? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. I we don't need know. a tire sponsor. Uh, yeah, yeah. The BF Goodrich Terriers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he went on to join Gene Autry's Melody Ranch in 1940, right? Yep. Uh, and then he also performed with his own group during that time, the Red River Valley Boys. So this is interesting. The Encyclopedia of Country Music says that the Bond-Wakely hero trio pulled a clever musical scam by recording for two companies under different names. Uh-huh. The Jimmy Wakely Trio for Decca Records and Johnny Bond and the Cimarron Boys for Columbia Records. Tricky. <laughs> Tricky. So he acted in more than 40 films, and uh, in 1953, he and Tex Ritter were hosts of the syndicated country music television series Town Hall Party, which lasted for seven years. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. So um, sometimes these guys, they have themes, you know, that they kind of, you know, yep, uh, you know, uh, are you trying to sell it? They kind of orbit around the theme. Johnny Bond was what you're telling me. Well, so he had this album called Ten Little Bottles. So that was one of the songs. Um, Let me just read some of the names of these songs. Funny What a Little Drink Can Do. Uh, I'm Going to Raise Cain While I'm Able. You Can Tell the Man Who Boozes. Hand Me Down My Mountain Dew. The the Dang Hangover. (laughs) I think I see where this is going. got a theme? Yeah, that's a theme. Okay, well, I picked one off of this. It's just a funny little short tune, and it's called Sick, Sober, and Sorry. (laughs) Well, now I'm sick. Sober and sorry Broke, disgusted and sad Sick, sober and sorry But look at the fun that I had I met with a gal in a tavern Oh, what a beautiful dream We had three or four Then had several more and that's when I went off my beat. Now I'm sick, sober and sorry. Grow disgusted and sad. Sick, sober and sorry. But look at the fun that I had. The jukebox so loudly was played. Number 14. Each couple having but of all of them gals, their sweethearts and pals, I bet I'm sickest of all. Now I'm sick, sober and sorry, broke, disgusted and sad. Sick, sober and sorry, but look at the fun that I had. Outside I was hailing a taxi Hey taxi! I got one this time without bail Are you going south? It's four did a stop I never got far Was only three blocks to the jail Wrong car Now I'm sick, sober and sorry Broke, disgusted and sad 
that's honky tonk, man. That's honky tonk, baby. It, it really is. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that's a good tune. All right, what do you got, Leo? Okay, a guy named Michael Webb Pierce, okay? Yeah. He went by Webb Pierce, of course. Now, he was born in um, August of 1921, and he passed away in 1991. But here's the thing. He's famous for many things, but his biggest hit, period, was In the Jailhouse Now. You bet. That was from 1955. And um, we've got a honky-tonk guy here, a singer-songwriter, and one of the most popular of the genre, according you know, to the press. He charted more number one hits than any other country, uh, country artist during the entire decade. Wow. So, like I say, it spent, uh, In the Jailhouse Now spent 37 weeks uh, on the on the charts in 1955, 21 of those weeks at number one. Holy cow! <laughs> you know that's that's that's, that's crazy. That's pretty serious yeah. stuff. But among other things, he was part of that whole country thing at the time, which totally flamboyant. Remember how we were talking about the nudie suits? Oh sure. He had a closet full. <laughs> Not only that, he had two nudie. Matching nudie Cadillacs. Wow. They were decked out with silver dollars and everything. <laughs> These things are monsters, man. I, I looked them up and found some pictures on the internet. Oh, my God. Hey, we ought to post them. We should, yeah, we'll, we'll put up a couple okay. of those. They're totally flamboyant. Uh, but anyway, um, he had these convertibles. He had the suits. He, had, he was leading the lifestyle, man. But I, the, the thing about him is that he established, um, he was one of the, maybe one of the very first country superstars. Okay. The guy that was out there, he had the money, he was making it, and he wasn't afraid to show it off. So, it, just heck of a guy. So anyway, let's let's put uh, let's put his big hit on here right now in the jailhouse. This is Webb Pierce from 1955. He's in the jailhouse now. 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 I told him once or twice to quit playing cards and shooting dice. Well, I had a friend named Ramblin' Bob Who used to steal, gamble, and rob He thought he was the smartest guy in town But I found out last Monday That Bob got locked up Sunday They got him in the jailhouse way downtown He's in the jailhouse now. He's in the jailhouse now. He's in the jailhouse now. I told him once or twice to quit playing cards and shooting dice. He's in the jailhouse now. Wellest man around Well, she started in to spend my money She started in to call me honey We took in every honky-tonk in town We're in the jailhouse now We're in the jailhouse now We're in the jailhouse now now. They told us once or twice To quit playing cards and shooting dice We're in the jail now. 
you know, now, you notice what I was listening to, right? The, oh, heck yeah. They got the three-part vocal harmony thing going right there. Yep. And, and it's tight, man. It's all yep. the way through like that. Yeah, and, and they do that uh, jump beat thing. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Extra, that extra beat or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Uh, it throws yeah. me off every time. Uh, well, you know, Hank did it, you know. Oh, just, yeah. Just throw it in there and the yep. band just follows yeah. along. Yeah, yep. a lot of them did that. Oh, look at the time. Hey, you know what? I think we are out of time. We are out of time. Yeah. But, man, this uh, has been too much fun. It's been a blast. A lot of cool stuff. Great stories. Yeah, there are there's a lot of background yeah. stuff on these guys. Uh, you know, uh, we got to figure out where we're going. Oh, that's true. It's yeah. time to, uh, we got to. So let's see. You oh, threw the dart last so week. You, so so you need to get the map. I'll get the map. Give yeah. me a second. So it's in the closet. Back here. Back in there. Oh, in this. Okay. Yeah. we got to put it Keep digging. It's, okay. You keep oh, putting I, stuff in the closet. I'm sorry. I okay. got it. It's, it's here. I got it. Okay, got it. And the, the wall looks <laughs> yeah, like hell. Well, <laughs> it's okay. It hasn't fallen down yet. Okay. Put it up there. It's up there. You got it? Yeah. You got it. Get the dart. I gotta get the dart. Get the yeah. dart. Yeah. Okay, spoon drawer. No, the uh, other, no, other spoon drawer. B, okay. B okay, spoon drawer. Okay. B. Ow, ow, ow. No, I got it. I got it. Be careful. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Here all right. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I think the circle here. Ready? Three times. Okay. Spin around. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Throw the dart. Throw the dart. Oh, okay. What? Cave Central, Little South, Arkansas. Arkansas. Oh, cool. Bald Knob, Arkansas. Bald Knob, Arkansas. I've never been there. I've heard I of it. I haven't either, man. Oh, that'll be fun. I know there's a thing called the Bald Knobbers down there. Yeah. We'll have to check that out. We'll do that. All right. Okay. Well, I guess till next week, uh, we'll get on the road tomorrow and uh, find you know, a new spot. Just got you know, get the chocks out from behind the wheels and let's roll out of here. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I guess until then, uh, we'll get down the road. And uh, this has been the Americana Road Show right here on... Truckers Radio USA. And look out behind you. It's the Derriers. Derriers.